Hi, this is Eileen Perez. You're listening to the CBH Podcast. Good morning. Good morning. This is uh, the CVH Podcast, and this is episode 50. I actually can't believe it. Are you guys getting sick of me? I, I'm, uh, I'm already borderline sick of me, but uh, here we are. Uh, episode 50. We are being heard in over 30 different countries to over 450 different cities worldwide. So that feels pretty good. And uh, after those last two gigs, that the, those numbers go up. We got a lot of fans listening in Malta now, <laughs> which is cool. Uh, I am back in Virginia, still feeling a little jet laggy, and still feeling, um, yeah, just um, just a little bit off. It's always easier coming this way, but uh, jet lag doesn't get easier. <laughs> Every year that I'm older, it's <laughs> why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> Some people just ignore it and just go about their life, but it's impossible for me that like this cloud settles in late in the afternoon, you know, where your brain is already like, you know, it's bedtime. What are you doing? And you just need to like fight through this and try and stay up as much as you can. But, um, it's one of my least favorite parts of everything. Uh, here we are. Um, you know, the last two gigs have been fantastic and, and uh, boy, we got some great episodes. Uh, Sandra's episode, Eileen's, Joe's—I mean, they were all—they um, were all huge. Uh, people like to people like to hear my friends. Um, and going back and listen to them, it's kind of good because I, it's like you know, it's singery, but it's not—I don't know—it it, it comes across as real life too. We kind of keep it real. You know, sometimes it seems <laughs> sometimes it's a little inaccessible, but. Uh, you know, just understanding the gambit of of different um, singers that I'm talking to and their different you know levels of success, uh, I think is inter- endlessly interesting. Uh, that's been going good. Got home in time for Easter. Had a big family party yesterday. Always nice to have a house full of people. Lots of kids running around. Lots of um, eggs, Easter eggs. <laughs> Uh, children running around in the backyard screaming and picking up eggs. And there's a lot of panic built into all that. I don't know. It seems like they should be having a better time than they are. There just seems to be panic. <laughs> when you release children to go and find as many of something as they can find, and there's there's several of them. There's there's an element of anxiety that we put the ch- <laughs> that we put the children through that I'm not so sure is like <laughs> Anyway, that's done. And back to the grind. I'm wearing my gym clothes. I'm drinking a horrible bang energy drink. And we're going to get back to it. I'm going to my gym right away. Uh, I, I, it's been a while. I'm just doing apartment uh, workout, which I'll do, but I don't like it. Uh, but now I can go back to my other gym. And feeling good about that because I've already had my first COVID shot. I went the other day. I went on um, uh, Saturday. And uh, I had to go to an arena at a university about 20 minutes from here. And um, I wasn't really sure what to expect. Uh, I was expecting chaos. I was expecting a, a, a disaster of lines and waiting and queuing up and numbers and registration. I really didn't think 
it was going to go the way it did. And what I found when I got there was an incredibly well-oiled machine. There was nothing that hadn't been thought of. Everything moved quickly. You walk in, you know, people are checking to make sure you're supposed to be there about 15 times, but it's happening so fast. Um, You never actually stop walking. From the time I walked in to the time I sat down to have my shot, I never stopped moving. Uh, It was just a continuous forward motion towards getting it done. And I had a, I had a very, it wasn't odd, but I, I didn't expect to feel uh, pride. I actually felt really proud of this effort. Uh, I wasn't, I didn't expect that. You know, and sometimes when you're away from your country and you come home, sometimes you feel like these, um, you're reminded of what you don't like about your home and that you remember things going so well in this place and that and this, you know, the French do this really well and the people in Malta do this really well and all that. And you come home and sometimes you start to judge and you go, uh, but with, with this thing, I couldn't have been more proud of this um, effort to uh, inoculate 350 million people. And the only way this was going to go well is if it was incredibly well organized. And I have to say, at least at my location, it was incredibly well organized. Just you know, walk right in. They, they really want to check to make sure you're there for your first shot and that it's, and that your name is on the list, at least, you know, for that day within, within this certain time frame. And they register you in at a computer very quickly. You know, it's all, it's all happening very fast. I did need a driver's license to do it. The shot took five seconds. Uh, and then they go and have you sit, um, in a chair for 15 minutes, like another area, uh, where you just got to wait it out. You got to wait 15 minutes to make sure you don't have some kind of allergic reaction. Um, and that was it. I was walking on my way, you know, and, and everybody along the way, the whole time was incredibly friendly. Everybody's asking you how you're doing. It's all very positive. It's all very like pro. This is a great thing. Thank you. know, Thank you for coming here and doing this. We're, we're, and I, I felt a, a tremendous amount of pride for the people that were working there for the, for the effort. If this is how things are going other places in the country at all the other places where you can get shot, if it's going this well, we're going to wrap this thing up quick. I felt really positive about it all. Um, I didn't expect that. I really didn't expect to feel like civic or national pride. Uh, this effort is really something. And if we can just take this blueprint and move it to other countries, we're going to be okay. Uh, because Europe is so, so behind in this. They're months behind us uh, when it comes to uh, getting people their shots or just even having their shots or just, uh, it's a, it's a big political mess over there. Uh, but here we did and we, we're, we're doing it. It's really something. Now, look, we may all grow a third eye six months from now. We, we don't know, but <laughs> at least for now we're, we're feeling protected. And, and, um, there was a great sense of relief that for, uh, you know, a full year of this thing everywhere. And then all the international travel and, and different countries I was in, uh, that I managed to not get this thing. Uh, you sort of feel like you made it to the finish line when you get that first shot. You know, there's like a little sense of relief, like, well, at least I don't have to get that. And not that I was scared of getting the flu, but there are long-term breathing issues that I've heard about more and more uh, that are that are um, upsetting, especially to people who need their lungs for, uh, for, for work. <laughs> I mean, everybody needs their lungs for work, but, you know, singers need to breathe... Uh, professionally. <laughs> uh, so I did have like a, like a good sense of, of relief, um, 
following, even just like as soon as it was in your arm, you're like, well, okay. <laughs> you know, it takes weeks to build up these antibodies and everything, but and you need a second shot. But for some reason, I just had a, a moment of um, victory. Felt like, did it. I did it. Uh, so, you know, everybody in my family now has had their shots or one of their shots at least. My parents are all good to go. They got both theirs. And um, there's, you know, it's, it's amazing to come home to America and feel like light at the end of the tunnel with this thing. Because I was just not the way in France. Every day we were reading the paper, we were reading the news, and, you, and it was like, this is this is another wave. They're having another wave of this shit. And now France is, I mean, 100% locked down now. Well, you know, even schools are closed. People are, you know, every time they would put new restrictions in, it didn't seem to affect people. But this last one definitely did. This is the stay-at-home one. Uh, this is like the original one way back a year ago where we just stayed in our houses. <laughs> we didn't know what to do. We just stayed in the house. <laughs> oh, um, uh, yeah. Anyway, that was uh, that was really something. Um, it was kind of amazing to to, to leave that Malta gig. It, it was such a whirlwind. Um, it was all just happening so fast. And uh, wow, I mean, just first class beginning to end. My buddy Joe uh, and his partners just treated us uh, the best I think I've ever been treated as a singer. Um, it was it was endlessly well thought out. Everything was thought of. There was no nothing didn't go exactly according to plan until I tried to leave Malta. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I had my PCR test. To go to the United States, you needed a 72-hour uh, or, or old or less PCR test, which we got. Our, our presenters were very aware of all of our specific requirements to leave the country and 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 so we had our we had a private test uh where we were results you know later that day I, you know it was just a very uh perfectly executed test because i needed this 72 hour thing well i get to the malta airport and i'm checking in my plane has to go through frankfurt and the night before germany had decided to change the rules <laughs> and i'm getting fucked by the germans from a, a thousand miles away. And so with an hour and a half until my flight's supposed to leave Malta, uh, I get to the counter and I'm told I need an antigen test that is less than 48 hours old. Now my PCR test was 50 hours old and that wasn't going to work. So suddenly, I mean, never before have I seen a greater racket set up for us. <laughs> for just fleecing people of money. Uh, but the woman said, there are taxi cabs lined up out there. They know exactly where to go. They'll take you up there. They'll wait for you and they'll bring you right back. Great. How efficient. Thank you. <laughs> I'm in total panic mode. I mean, just like I'm ready to go. I'm calmly ready to go. My bags are, I'm trying to get rid of the big bags so you can just sort of relax and, and, and settle into travel day. And suddenly I'm diving back into this tiny cab Guy knows exactly where to go. Drive 20 minutes to some god-awful third-world clinic. <laughs> there were lots of people shouting inside of there because it was effectively all travelers who are hoping to get on an airplane in the next hour and a half. And they're all trying to get this antigen test. Now, I, I get on the line and they and they happily you know take my 40 euros and uh, send me in to see the doctor well 
the doctor sticks the the Q-tip. I mean, barely sticks it in. He says, okay, you're good to go. He says, go out and see the guy at the desk. As I'm walking out to the guy at the desk, he's already handing me the test that says I'm negative. Now, there's no chance. <laughs> there's no chance that the test was completed between the time I left the doctor's office and made it back to the guy at the reception desk. There's no chance there was a result that <laughs> that was passed between those two. But yet there I was being handed a negative antigen test. It was an absolute and complete farce. <laughs> it was just, I mean, it was like a shakedown. It was like a shakedown. But there I was, hopping back in that same cab, uh, screaming my way back to the airport with my freshly negative COVID test. Total horseshit. I mean, absolute bullshit results. There's no chance that those were the actual results of that test. The guy barely stuck that thing in, and I'm walking out with my paper instantly. Uh, but then, you know, happily, you know, with the Germans, as long as the paper says it's right, it's right. <laughs> the Germans need their papers, and... And uh, sure enough, as we as we got off the plane, we were met by four heavily armed uh, policemen. Uh, and before you could take one step off the uh, the gangway, the uh, they wanted to see uh, your papers. It's very odd. It's a very odd feeling. Why? <laughs> you know, it's just um, it's it's um, strange. I, I mean, you know, what if the paper wasn't good? They're gonna <laughs> they're gonna turn you around, and put you right back in that plane. You're going back to Malta. Uh, Seems like everywhere else, if you get on the plane, the other country will accept you, you know. But in Germany, they were like, nope, we're going to need to see this before we shoot you. <laughs> so I handed them my bullshit test, and they passed me on my way. Anyway, uh, nobody cares about horrible travel days. I think it's like the most boring story, but uh, it was just one of those days where, you know, you're hoping for complete, uh, just get me home, but it's sort of turning into a thing. It was surprisingly full, too. The plane was surprisingly full. Uh, my time in Europe was well spent. Uh, I got some great videos, great videos of the Faust in Paris. That whole thing's up on YouTube. You guys can go take a look. Uh, it's pretty wild. It's actually worth a worth a look. Skip around a little bit. But, um, uh, yeah, the, the Faust is, is available. And, um, and our Malta recording was amazing. You know, this went on in Classical FM. Uh, there were several streaming outlets. There was a broadcast. Uh, we we somebody was sending me the numbers on it, and we got seen by millions, which is incredible, just incredible. Seen or heard by millions, I should say. Um, but that was uh, another just fantastic video. These were so. It, it's hard to get in your hands on good quality videos and recordings. Um, you know, all singers are desperate to have them. We want them. We we want the bootleg. We want the professional one. We want the radio broadcast. Whatever there, whatever exists, we want it. And and um, you know, we just we need these tools. We need these things to to um, stay present. Uh, these things are important. Uh, but but you know, when they're when they're just handed to you like these beautiful gifts, uh, just I mean, the Faust video is something I'll be proud of forever. Truly. Uh, and I appreciate whoever stole the whole damn thing and put it on YouTube. God bless. <laughs> uh, it's so good to 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 have work. Um, you know, everybody's still struggling. There's still cancellations. I'm still getting cancellations. But um, to to have two gigs back to back, flying from one right to the next, was um, uh, just just nice to feel. 
feel like the old days for a minute. Uh, you know, my next gig is not for two months. Uh, I'll be here until we begin in Paris again in June, assuming they can get their vaccine straight. Um, yeah, I would hate to go over there and just rehearse. I'd really like to, to uh, sing in that incredible space, but uh, that's it. I'll stay home because that's good. As I drink this horrible bang drink. Oh, it's gross. Um, I got to pack up a house and move. Because that's something you should decide to do quickly and then do. It's very intimidating. This this is a larger house. It's got stuff in it. Uh, I've been looking at these houses up north uh, in the D.C. area. And the average amount of time that a house stays on the market is four days. I don't think there's ever been a better time to buy, uh, or sell a house rather, four days. The house goes up, I look at it, I click it, I save it. The next time I go and look at it, two days later, it's under contract. Two days later, it's off <laughs> It's off the website. Uh, people are buying fast. This is uh, really strange. And, and, you know, for anybody who's bought a home before, it's not, you like weigh it for, <laughs> you don't just run in and throw some money at something. It's, uh. That's like New York City apartment shit. Like, wait, this is a still kind of a suburb, you know. We're we're thirty minutes outside of DC. Like, why why is this getting swooped up so quickly? Uh, it's a little intimidating, really. Uh, I've moved before. We've moved before. We know how to do it. It's not pleasant. You just sort of get boxes and st- start doing it. <laughs> Uh, but hopefully, with this, with the way houses are selling, we won't have uh, too much difficulty. Uh, yeah, just time to move on. Ten years in Richmond. Uh, uh, Going to move move for my boy. Really, uh, there's a there's a great school that he can go to uh, up in the D.C. area. And, uh, you know, for once, it's not about me. <laughs> I said that to my brother. I said, oh, yeah, we're moving. It's, it's you know, for the first time, it's not about me. He goes, that's hard for you, isn't it? <laughs> He's laughing at me, but it's the truth. I mean, you know, everything uh, everything so far has been based on my career and what's going on. And, and finally, we're doing something for someone else. And he goes, all right, see, I'm not all selfish. I'm not completely selfish. Well, I need to uh, get myself to the gym. Uh, anytime I get to a new place, I have to establish the routine right away. Otherwise, I won't do it. Like whatever, whatever I just immediately establish my routine is in the new place. It's pretty much how it's going to go going forward. So that first day uh, where you can, uh, uh, you need to get back to that to the good habits. Uh, the good habits are easy if you do them every day, starting from the beginning. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to uh, forget that I ate 78 baguettes <laughs> and drank a bottle of red wine every day and go uh, uh, remember what it's like to count macros and protein and all that. Uh, that's good. I got a little time to do it. Short episode today, but here it is. The Monday Show, back from Virginia, back from an incredible two months, and my heartfelt thanks to the Paris Opera, and uh, that whole crew over there, Sophie Joyce and Alexander Neef, I mean, this this was just, um, it was quite a homecoming to be on a stage again. They took care of us. They kept us COVID-free. 
they put that show on and we did it. Uh, my, my forever gratitude to that whole crew over there and, and the love I felt the whole time was, was, uh, really something. And I, I look forward to being back in Paris a lot in the coming years. And uh, to my buddy Joe in Malta, who just created one of the most first-class professional atmospheres I've ever been in, and we put together something quickly, and the quality is fantastic. Uh, very proud of those recordings and the videos, and I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, ride that. I'm gonna hang on to that feeling for uh, at least a couple of days <laughs> before I let all my anxieties creep back in. What are you doing next? What are you doing? Where are you going? Uh, uh, but at least for now, that uh, that'll that'll sustain me. Uh, probably no guests for the coming weeks. Obviously, not not until uh, not until I can have somebody sitting across from me. That that's definitely what I learned over there. Is that if the person's sitting right across from me, we have a real conversation. Uh, it's it's far better than than some horrible internet glitchy phone connection. Uh, I just don't, I'm not going to do it. So you're stuck with me for a while. Episode 50. We're halfway to retirement, everybody. <laughs> I think 100 and I'm out, but uh, at least for now we've hit 50. I love you for listening. Thank you. 50 episodes. Feels good. Um, looking forward to 50 more. Everybody have a great week. See you on Thursday. Uh, thanks for listening. Okay, bye. Weightlessness, no gravity We're somewhere in between I'm a ghost to you, you're a ghost to me Birds have you, sand Shining like the sea for you, the queen of sand.